0: The Chargers are $23 million over the salary cap headed into 2023. But what if I told you there was a way that they could get under the cap while still keeping their star players like Joey Bosa and Keenan Allen?
1: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined, as always, by my co-host, David Drogamaya. We've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts from. And today, we're starting with how the Chargers can get under the salary cap without losing their star players like Keenan and Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack to try to keep most of this nucleus together and how realistic we think it is that they can get it done. And we have a plan from it from Brad Spielberger. It lays it out pretty nicely. There's a way they can get kind of well under the salary cap. But also we have to talk about how the Chargers defensive coordinator search isn't over yet, even after they had been reported that Derek Ansley was going to be the guy and they planned on promoting him there are a couple new names in the circle of who is going to potentially be the Chargers defense coordinator is it still Derek Ansley's job to lose and also the Chargers made a big move releasing their head trainer guy who'd been around for six seasons we're going to talk about why they would do that and if this could potentially you know curb the Chargers crazy crazy injury woes but we have to start, David, with a great article from Pro Football Focus from Brad Spielberger, getting the five teams way over the cap, under the cap with a series of moves. And I think the biggest thing with these moves from Brad Spielberger, David, is he actually finds a way to get the Chargers $17 million under the cap, $17.9 million, so almost $18 million under the cap without releasing guys like Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Keenan Allen, when for most of the offseason, you know, it's felt like they've had to lose one of those guys to get in a good cap position.
1: Yeah, I definitely did feel that way. I, I know that we've did done a couple of shows about, hey, are the Chargers going to have to cut Keenan Allen? Are the Chargers going to have to move on or somehow get uh, get out from underneath Joey Bosa's contract? And you know, reading this article, something we came across, it lines it out pretty nicely. Uh, a, a really good plan to not only get under the cap, but actually have some operating spending cash to be able to take care of some other moves that you need to this off season as well.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing is just not only, you know, being cap compliant by the time you need to be, but also hopefully being able to retain, you know, some of your internal free agents and hoping that you would still have enough space to kind of find the, outlier pieces that they were able to last year right the guys like yeah. kyle vannoy and morgan fox and bryce callahan like yes. even with small deals you need some space to kind of fill those you know and plug those holes yep and this is how they did it they restructured joey bosa's contract gives them 15 million dollars this season they released matt filer for another six and a half million something we've talked about almost seems like a foregone conclusion at this point. oh yeah restructuring Khalil Mack again freeing up another 10 million dollars and then also restructuring Sebastian Joseph Day and extending Austin Eckler to save another almost five million dollars. And I think the Austin Eckler extension would probably be one year. Move the money around a little bit. You don't necessarily have the you know long term answer there. And I doubt it would be a you know three or four year extension. But the result of that seventeen point nine million dollars under the cap. But the problem is David is when you do something like this you're kicking the can down the road i mean i think when you're looking at why the Chargers would do it right i mean it's to keep this core nucleus together for another run here you traded a second round pick for Khalil mac right you don't want to give up on that yet like joey Bosa is by far your probably best defender when he's healthy and producing for you out there and cool you know and then also you have someone like keenan Allen. and we know how important he is and we also know that the chargers feel like they need to add to that position group not take away from it but I think the biggest things here and and kind of the landmines they stay away from here are not restructuring J.C. Jackson because that's a five-year contract. They could have done it. But as it stands right now, after this upcoming 2023 season, J.C. Jackson doesn't have any more guaranteed money. So they can get out of it. If they had restructured it or if they do restructure it, then it's going to make it much harder to cut him because all of that savings that you would get restructuring is just going to be spread out over the last three years of the contract, which means more dead cap in the future. Right now, they can basically get out of it after next year. And the same with Keenan Allen. I love Keenan Allen. I understand people saying restructure Keenan Allen, but as of right now, you can get out of that contract after 2023 for just about nothing. 20 plus million in savings, less than $3 million in dead cap. That is the out that Tom Tolesco built in. So I think that is the one place where in this, David, they stayed away from that, so they would still give themselves flexibility on those guys after this year.
1: And that's a plan that I co-sign with. I think that's a, that's the way that, that this should go if this is, you know, in fact, the the groundwork or the, the skeleton of the plan that you're trying to go in to this offseason with to get yourself compliant. I still feel like Keenan Allen is still incredibly productive. I think we saw that when he was healthy. He still commands an unbelievable amount of respect. He's still a a monster on third downs. He's very productive. This is not the time to do anything with Keenan Allen's contract one way or another. I don't know if if there's an an extension there yet, uh, but you want to protect that ripcord there. And then for J.C. Jackson, him coming back from a very significant injury, an injury that could unfortunately I'll alter how his career goes going forward. Right. It, this is, you know, in- incredibly serious. We don't know how he's going to come back from that. Obviously we're all hoping that he comes back and he is the Mr. INT that we all saw the first few years in of his NFL career. But um, that's, the, the right, that's the right way to do it. You want to stay away from those two contracts, allow yourself that flexibility while still keeping some very, very important pieces. I mean, hey, we wanted to see Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack on the field at the same time over the course of an entire season, not uh, just about four quarters. Uh, so I'd like to see that a lot more, and I think this plan right here allows that to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, the four games, those two were healthy together last year. Khalil Mack had five sacks, right? And I mean, he had less than that the other, you know, 12 games last year, 13 games. So it, it made a big difference when they were out there. And by doing it this way, let's be honest. I mean, you're putting a hell of a lot of stock into Keenan Allen's health and Khalil Mack's health and Joey Bosa's health, right? Like you're banking on these dudes coming back, which is inherently risky. And yes. I do think the other thing that kind of goes against this is just Tom Telesco's history. And that's what yeah. kind of, I think, makes us hesitant to say, like, obviously this is what you do and this is what's going to happen just because before they restructured Cleo Mac last season, they hadn't done it really ever, at least not to any big significant contracts for the most part. So it's nice to see them going in that direction without totally mortgaging the future. But Tom Telesco hates dead cap, and this is something that's created because of that. So even though it's nice to see this, David, I mean, we still have to see the Chargers start knocking off some of these moves and getting closer to it. Because as of right now, these guys are still kind of on the block as far as who could potentially be going. But we now see, okay, well, if they want to keep this group together, it might be a little risky, but you can keep this core nucleus together if you really want to.
1: They, they can. And, and, you know, I think just about a month ago, it just seemed like it was very unrealistic. It just felt like one of the guys that you grew up watching, one of the guys you grew up loving to to see them do their thing on the field was going to have to go and wear a different uniform. And hey, that, that still could happen. We, we don't yeah. know. There's about three weeks for the Chargers to have to start making those moves and start to get compliant before the start of the new league year. So we're going to yeah. see how they handle it. But I think this Chargers team right here is still close and i don't think the right move here is to get rid of these guys i know Joey has had a lot of injury concerns but when he is on the field and he is right he is one of the best defenders in the nfl I, I truly truly believe that and keenan allen still very friendly to justin herbert and like we talked about i don't think the the i the best thing to do here is to take keenan allen away from justin herbert you need keenan allen there for that safety blanket and then add some real speed to really honestly get the best out of Keenan Allen. I mean, you think he's open now. Imagine what it's going to be like when someone is able to stretch the field and really open things up underneath. Keenan Allen's going to eat all day long.
0: It definitely plays right into his skill set. And, I mean, even last year when they didn't have that threat, I mean, on a per-game basis, he was dominant. And that's great to see that he still has that. But, like, I think with both these positions too, I mean, you're – one of these stars away from feeling really, really bad about the, you know, depth of that position. Like, yeah, I don't feel great going into this season with Mike Williams and Josh Palmer. I don't feel great going into the season with Khalil Mack and Chris Rumpf, because yeah. guess what? Last year we saw those combinations a lot and it wasn't enough. The Chargers no. need to add to those groups. This is a way they can keep those star players. But we also did get some surprising news over the last couple of days, which is the Chargers search for a defensive coordinator is still open, which we didn't necessarily think is Derek Ansley still the guy or can one of these up and comers, more young defensive minds, of course, with Brian Staley looking for guys who are going to, you know, take a few leaps and, you know, kind of find that diamond in the ref. And we'll talk about a couple of those guys and the Chargers getting rid of their athletic trainer, Maybe turning a new page there, hoping to curb some of the worst injuries in the NFL. And we're gonna get into that. But I do need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by Built Bar, my favorite protein bar. I'd say the best protein bar out there right now. And for me, it's because of the flavors. I know everyone just got through the holidays and a lot of people are still sticking to their New Year's resolutions. I hope you are. But if you're just dieting, it can be really, really boring what your food, you know, what the food is that you're having. When you get Built Bar, you're getting that treat. You're getting that feeling of having a candy bar, something that is going to feel like a cheap meal but actually fits on your diet because most of the bars have 130 calories. Only 4 grams of sugar while being packed with 17 grams of protein. They fit on pretty much any diet. They're definitely good for keto and diets like that as well. And they have great flavors. I mean, churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut almond, double chocolate. They have all of the best flavors. And if you try them, you will find your favorite one. It can be tough. It's a hard decision. It's like catching a unicorn out in the wild. You're not supposed to get something that tastes this good and also fits on your diet, but that's what you can get with Built Bar. And now you can find them everywhere, including at Walmart, where you can go buy a four-bar box, or you can go to Sam's Club and get a 13-bar box. Get flavors like brownie batter and thank me later, because if you get that 13-bar box, you will find one of your favorites. And right now, since you listen to this show, you can save some money online. If you go to builtbar.com, you can use the promo code On 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. All right, well, we talked about the Chargers' salary cap. But now let's talk about some, you know, controversy here because the Chargers' defensive coordinator search is still ongoing even after Tom Pelissero said the Chargers were planning on making Derek Ansley the defensive coordinator, promoting him from the secondary coach, and also promoting Tommy Donatel from the assistant secondary coach to the secondary coach and the defensive passing game coordinator. Now, things are a little bit more convoluted because this is what came out From Ian Rappaport, for their vacant defensive coordinator position, the Chargers have interviewed Patriots defensive line coach DeMarcus Covington and University of Houston defensive coordinator Doug Belk, sources say Covington also interviewed with the Cardinals. So, David, (laughs) I don't know if Derek Ansley wants to see this, but obviously for multiple reasons, we are surprised the Chargers moved so quickly in doing this, right? Pretty much as soon as Ronaldo Hill left, this was pretty much announced and maybe not so fast, right?
1: yeah maybe not so fast indeed i mean it seems like we got to pay a little bit closer attention to exactly what tom pelissero is uh, saying out there um because it said that he is like they're expected to be the new those new coordinators. they're
0: planning on making yeah. Derek ansley right but the problem is is you can't just plan for that because of certain rules you have to actually let other people interview for the job which if you're just gonna promote your guy those other people don't get that shot
1: That's correct. So the NFL does have the Rooney rule that does apply to the coordinator position as well. The Rooney rule states that you must interview a minority candidate for that role. An
0: external minority candidate is the important thing, because obviously Derek Ansley would be a minority. Yes, an
1: external minority candidate. Sorry, let me be very specific there. So, yes, so that is part of this process. So it seems like that Someone jumped the gun. I mean, somebody gave that information to Tom Pelicero that got out there a little bit quicker than probably intended, which is very abnormal for the Chargers organization. They're usually very tight lipped. Sure. This stuff does not usually happen. So this was very surprising, very interesting to see that come out uh, from that, t- that tweet from Ian Rappaport.
0: Yeah. And and I mean, the thing is, is like Tom Pellicer technically didn't do anything wrong. But if the Chargers have already made up their decision before opening up the coaching search to external candidates, that means they did something wrong. And that means you can get, you know, judicial action by the NFL trying to come down on you punitively. And that's what you don't want. Right. Teams get docked draft picks and things like that. I don't necessarily think this is going to rise to that level. And I mean, I think, you know, Another word for that is Derek Ansley is the favorite for the defensive coordinator job, right? Because you have to at least give the other guys a chance. They are, you know, interviewing the only two candidates that we know so far are both minority candidates, right? And both young up and coming guys that we'll talk about. But as I see it right now, though, David, even with this right now, they're complying with the Rooney rule, all that stuff. I mean, to me at this point, I would still say Derek Ansley is still the favorite and it might still kind of play out exactly like we thought it would.
1: Yeah honestly that's the way I'm feeling too I mean I I see these interviews coming out there but I feel like there was a lot of truth in the intentions uh, of the chargers with you know them ap- appointing Derek Ansley as a or uh, supposedly planning. Right. Cause there was also never
0: it. an official statement, right? right. The, the, chargers, the chargers, never chargers never came out. Came out and right.
1: They didn't confirm anything. So that, you know, uh, nothing official has come down the pipeline, but I agree. I feel like Brandon Staley thinks very, very highly of both Derek Ansley and Tommy Donatel. I think there's no secret about that. The players really loved uh, uh, Derek Ansley as well. So I do feel like after all the des- dust settles and these interviews are completed, the, the plan all along is going to be the plan that unfolds, which is Derek Ansley as the defensive coordinator and Tommy Donatel as the secondary coach.
0: Yeah, and I think when you're doing kind of a total offensive overhaul, like I think you probably want to keep as much stability as you possibly can on the defensive side of things. I mean, I yes. think if you bring in a defensive coordinator who's not, you know, someone versed in what Brandon Staley's defense or the Vic Fangio defenses are trying yeah. to do, I mean, I think that's just putting an extra learning curve it on It seems counterproductive, yeah. It does. I mean. At the same time, though, when we talked about it a few days ago, I said, hey, you know, they probably should be interviewing outside candidates and getting outside perspectives. And, you know, not yeah. just necessarily thinking that the best man for the job is the one that's inside your building. Make the search wider than that. So I'm glad that they're casting a wider net. I mean, it's Ryan Ficken is the perfect
1: in. example as to why you should do that. I mean, the you Ryan go outside of the organization and. He comes in and he completely transforms the special teams unit from one of the worst in the league to literally one of the top 10 special team units in the league. So I agree with that philosophy as well. You don't always want to have a bunch of yes men. You got to have some dissenting opinions out there.
0: And I think the other thing is, too, is Bran Staley's trying to, you know, make up for maybe some initial mistakes. And you don't want him going down with the ship and and keeping everyone just because, you know, they were the guys he hired originally. And now every, you know, major coordinator position has been changed. And now at this point, you know, we don't know who the defense coordinator is going to be. But it does at least, you know, insinuate that the Chargers are out there giving guys the chances and and trying to get it right this time. Not being deterred by, you know, getting it wrong the first time with Darius Swinton or Joe Lombardi, right? Or even Ronaldo Hill, who they let walk, right? They they seem committed to trying to upgrade this position. And you yeah. should be, you know, going for other guys, including, you know, a guy who has a pretty impressive resume and a guy who's rising up pretty quickly with DeMarcus Covington. He yeah. was one of the guys mentioned. He also, you know, did interview for the Arizona Cardinals defensive coordinator position under their new coach, Jonathan Gannon. So, like, that is – this is a guy, you know, coming from the Patriots, obviously – since 2017 that's a pretty nice you know place to be coming up under some maybe one of the best defensive minds the NFL has ever seen in Bill Belichick and this is a guy that you know definitely has the credibility to to be in the running for this spot
1: yeah I mean he's been a coach since 2012 when he was a defensive graduate assistant at the University of Alabama Birmingham Birmingham so that's 11 years of experience and so he rose through the college ranks you know and he was there till about 2018, 2019 and then he joined the Patriots and he's been with the Patriots coaching at the NFL level since then. So since 2017. Have, yeah, since 2017. So he has a good inventory of experiences at different spots and seems like, you know, he's definitely a fast rising coach, 33 years old and getting a bunch of defensive coordinator uh, uh, opportunities here, which is great. I mean, this is where the league is going to a lot of younger coaches, a lot of young head coaches out there. So seeing more guys getting more opportunities, it's a great thing to see.
0: And with Marcus Covington, so, yeah, I mean, he he was in the collegiate ranks, but the only NFL team he's been with so far is the Patriots after two years with Ole Miss in 2017. But, I mean, that's, you know, six seasons as a Patriots coach and also rising through that organization, you know, obviously assuming he would have still been their coach this season. And a lot of promotions, right? Comes in and his assistant in 2017 with less than two years. He was the outside linebackers coach, coaching the Ed Rushers. And then the next year, he's already kind of bumped up again to the defensive line coach. So I mean, he's been definitely moving up that ladder. But it Meteoric does seem like rise. with the Chargers, though, they do seem to love themselves some secondary coaches, right? Almost yes, they everyone do. in big positions for the Chargers' defense, whether it was Ronaldo Hill or Derek Hensley or Tommy Donatel now getting a promotion, or even Doug Belk, who we're going to talk about, yeah, all have you know extensive history as either playing safety or you know corner themselves or coaching that position extensively for sure. And that is something that DeMarcus Covington, as far as his resume, something that's missing as far as the common denominator, common denominator from some of those other guys. But Doug Belk is a very, very interesting candidate. The one thing DeMarcus Covington has on his side is he coaches at the NFL level, Yes, right? Doug Belk, it would be a big jump to go from Houston and, and come straight to the NFL level. But another, you know, a 33-year-old defensive coordinator, potentially with DeMarcus Covington, I don't think there's any surprise there. That Brandon Staley's, you know, kind of in his own words, trying to find the next him. The guy who's been flying (laughs) under the radar. That's right. He deserves a chance, even though he hasn't been in the league super long. But Doug Belk, very, very fast riding. Almost meteoric rise he's had at the collegiate level and has led some really, really good units. So we're going to talk about that. And why the Chargers felt the need to move on from their athletic trainer of six seasons and someone who'd been with the team for 24 seasons. We're going to talk about that after this. But I do need to tell you guys about ultimate Football GM. I've told you guys before about Ultimate Football GM, and you've heard me talk about this mobile gaming app, and I can't tell you guys how much fun I've had competing, especially with the other Lockdown NFL hosts. We did a competition. Shout out to Lockdown Steelers and Chris Carter for taking it down. I'll be coming for revenge in 2023, but that is a great thing about Ultimate Football GM, guys. It's a game that you can play with all your friends and bragging rights. I know fantasy bragging rights are great during the season. Football's over. So unless you're getting into fantasy XFL, this is a great way to keep football as one of the main things. You can keep your fantasy group chat alive and all become ultimate football GMs and take it to the next level. Anybody can manage, you know, players and things like that. Now manage a whole team. Now draft. Now hire the right coaches. Hire the right coordinators on a very realistic world. It takes a little bit more. So get your friends at a ultimate football GM group. We'll be getting one for a locked on chargers listeners next year when we start the season. But all you guys have to do is go to ultimate-gm.com to find it. And right now, since you listen to the show, Locked On Chargers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the promo code LOCKED ON, all caps, in the game store. That's LOCKED ON in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. To download the app, just go to ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. Well, let's get to this next prospect, David, for the Chargers defensive coordinator position. I think that it's very telling that the Charger, you know, trying to turn over kind of undiscovered leaves and, you know, trying to get the next best thing. At least that's kind of what I take away from this. Obviously, Demarcus Covington has other opportunities, right? So he's not someone that's really flying under the radar that much. But Doug Belk, on the other hand, that's a pretty interesting one, David. I mean, taking someone straight from the collegiate ranks, he's been the University of Houston defensive coordinator for a couple of years wore a lot of hats there but another 35 year old coach who's interviewing for the Chargers
1: defensive coordinator job and that is a big leap it is a big leap I mean going straight straight to the NFL with a and not just to the NFL you're not going to a position coach you're getting interviewed right. for a defensive coordinator position at the NFL that's a gigantic jump I mean, you don't really see that happen at all. So to, to see, you know, that he's getting this type of interview bodes extremely well for his future and his yeah. prospects. But, yeah, there's a lot of that experience that, you know, the, that secondary experience here. You know, you coached cornerbacks uh, in West Virginia 2017 to 2018, was the co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach in 2019 at Houston. And then he's been the head coach and associate defensive coordinator and associate head coach and defensive coordinator the last couple of years at Houston so he does have experience as a defensive coordinator calling the plays and yeah. obviously they think of him in very high regard very high esteem having him as the associate head coach as well
0: yeah and I mean I think it just seems like they've been giving him new titles pretty much every season to keep this dude around because yeah. he's, been, he's been going through them pretty quickly right I mean he yeah. starts off as an assistant you know coaching the secondary then you know they make him Co-defensive coordinator, and he's sharing the duties with someone else. Then it's like, okay, well now you're the associate head coach. Now we're just going to make you the defensive coordinator by yourself because you've yeah. earned that, right? Yeah. And also had stints, you know, with even uh, in Alabama and Nick Saban coaching their secondary, and dudes like yeah. Minka Fitzpatrick. Then goes to West Virginia, where they lead the Big Twelve in interceptions in his time there. Then he goes to Houston, and in Houston, he's been really good too. And I mean, his position groups and his defense have played well under him. I mean, it's a reason. Yeah. This dude is probably, if he's not in the NFL levels, probably going to be, you know, a defensive coordinator, or maybe even a head coach of another college team pretty soon if he keeps he's his meteoric sure. rise. I mean, last year, just by itself, Houston, not a big school, right? Not even a power five school, 19th in points per game in the country, sixth in yards allowed, fifth in sacks last year, and has a specialty in the secondary, right? That's one thing that Brandon Staley obviously loves, and another tie to keep him, you know, kind of in this race.
1: Well, and that Houston team also generated a first round pick and a second round pick, you know, coming from the defensive side. So, like, that's that's like that's a pipeline already kind of. Yeah. yeah, Over the last couple of years, that's a pipeline getting started from Houston to the NFL. So that means they're generating NFL quality players that are ready to go.
0: Yeah. And doing it with less. Right. I mean, yeah. Less resources, less everything. yeah. Right. A group of five school like that, you know, it, it, you don't get the same sort of recruits. Like Houston has oh, been no. pretty good at recruiting, but there's also just been this, you know, obvious want from Brandon Staley to keep these relationships open with a lot of college coaches. No right. Doubt. That's where Derek Ansley was. He was the defensive coordinator for Tennessee yep. when he came in to be the Chargers secondary coach. Right. And that's where you would normally see it, right? The Tennessee defensive coordinator is coming in to be the Chargers secondary coach. So right. for a Houston defensive coordinator to come up, just be the chargers defensive coordinator would be a gigantic leap there Huge. but yeah when you see what this dude's track record has been the last few years it's you know undoubtedly yeah, super impressive right yeah. definitely a dude you want to bring in that room i mean the more yeah. smart defensive minds you can bring together right i mean i think the that more there's the nothing marrier. that can kind of go bad from that will they give him a real chance right are they doing this out of obligation or doing it because he has a real shot at it that's the part we don't know, because we still think yep. Derek Ansley is probably the leader there. But the Chargers did make another big-time move, along with, you know, both coordinators now, special teams coordinator last year. The Chargers parted ways this week with head trainer Damon Mitchell who had performed the job for six seasons and been with the organization for 24 years. Chargers will now have a new head trainer, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator in 2023 from Adam Schefter. David, I guess this isn't a, a big surprise. Um, I mean, I think... A lot of people kind of thought when Brandon Staley really, you know, revamped the performance staff and, you know, did that on the kind of performance staff and getting the guys ready for the season took that as, okay, well, you know, they're revamping that because of injuries, but it wasn't the athletic training staff, right? That's a different thing. That's the performance staff is the guys getting out there, stretching you, getting you ready, giving you the exercises and the conditioning and stuff like that. And then there's the training staff, which can't, you know avoid ACL tears and things like that but one thing David that's been inarguable when you talk about chargers over the last six seven years the first thing that comes up is injury bitten right and that's just been the case and as much as there's no way you can put it on one guy like Damon Mitchell like this is something I'm surprised wasn't already done to be honest
1: I I completely agree I I don't know honestly that the timing of this is what's kind of very interesting to me it is I just thought this would be a move that would happen pretty much immediately, like on Black, for, like on Black Monday, when when you when you cut coaches the the Monday after the season, that's when I expected that move to happen. It's been because,
0: weird for all the Chargers coaches, right? Like Joe yeah. Lombardi and Shane Day were quick, but then it was yeah. like the Ronaldo Hill thing happened, and Michael Wilhoy. and it's just kind of been like a trickle down thing so far.
1: Right, and I mean, hey, it, I mean, you look at it from a bird's eye view. I mean, it's wholesale changes. I mean, there is a a lot of different people in the building, and I think as specifically for this uh this change here one of the things that uh, i guess kind of just goes off in my mind is the keenan allen setbacks for the hamstring injury and like that's just one of a few different examples of you know hey obviously injuries are going to happen in the nfl but you gotta (laughs) you gotta get guys back on the football field i mean and you gotta have those timelines be realistic and make sure you're taking care of take taking care of guys the right way. And I'm not saying that, that Damon Mitchell did not do that, but he was the the head of of that, of that specific part of the organization. And so whenever you're not getting the type of results that you expect, the figurehead is always going to be the one that gets replaced. And Hey, this is all in an effort to get these guys Back on the field faster so they can help contribute to the Chargers winning games. As you know, right. there's 17 games and every single one of them are precious. So you want to get those those main guys out there as much as you can.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think there's, you know, something to be said, OK, well, hey, last year we saw them have one of the biggest you know, the best injury seasons or lack thereof, yeah. you know, that we've seen in a long time from the Chargers and you deserve some credit for that. And it's not just a, a single person issue, right?
1: No, never.
0: At the same time, at this at a certain point, other teams are doing something better than you are. And I think that's a great point you make about guys just getting back on the field. You can't always yeah. you know prevent injuries, but it just seems no. like anytime we ever heard any kind of timeline for any Chargers injury, like it just it never played out that way. Yeah, even even Joey you Bosa know, too. if it's right. four or six weeks or in Joe, Joey Bosa eight to ten weeks, right? It always seems like it's twelve or thirteen weeks. Yeah. You want to be cautious. You don't want to take these chances, but if the Chargers were putting, you know, Keenan Allen back out there, and he's kind of, you know, reaggravating that in the first game, he comes back. Joey Bosa seems like he's kind of reaggravating something. JC Jackson goes back out there when he feels like he's good to go. Bos at out his patellar tendon, right? Like, it's just, it's too many things to think it's a coincidence. If I yeah. was Dean Spanos and I had all the money, you know, what I would do is I would go try to find the teams who have had the least injuries and pay their people as much as they wanted. Yeah, it's a copycat go league. Overpay man. someone. To come in and revamp your staff, right? Double what they're making right now. And that's the one thing, you know, that rich owners can do, right? And and like with players and stuff like that, salary cap, you can't really gain too much from just being the rich dude. But like the one thing you can do if you're the rich dude is you can do pretty much spend whatever you want on coaches, right? And if I was the the chargers, knowing what the history has been, knowing that I'm one of the most snake-bitten teams in the NFL, I'm going to find. Whoever's been doing it best, I'm going to pay them double to leave that job. Amen. Besides that, I don't really know. (laughs) Like, I mean, we're not going to be breaking down athletic trainers on here, right? Like it's just the Chargers have to do their due diligence. We know they started doing things differently under Staley as far as recording all their performances, right? And trying to, you know, keep a running log of everything going on and not overstressing the players and things like that. But last year, it just didn't work. Guys are still getting injured, missing most of the season. It's always major players for the Chargers. They have the seventh most ACL tears since 2013. They had ended last season with the seventh most players on injured reserve with 15 when the season ended. Like, it's just, it's been too long. And when it's guys like Bosa and Rashawn Slater and Josh Kelly and Jalen Guyton, Donna Parham, Austin Johnson, you know, combined with other big names like Mike Williams, Keenan Allen missing four-plus games, like, yep, something's got to change. And even though it's not all Damon Mitchell's fault, right, you need somebody new to take a different look at how the Chargers are doing things and they probably have, honestly for a very, very long time. But that is going to do things for today's show. Appreciate you guys joining us, making us your first listen today. Thank you guys also for bearing with us yesterday when we weren't able to get a show. Obviously, we want to go Monday through Friday. My grandma passed away. Sucks, you know, missed the show, but happy to be back here with you guys today. So shout out to my grandma Judy, who, you know, even in the Chargers Domination Live days, was commenting on every post and, you know, talking about her bearded grandson and just embarrassing me in front of everyone. I love you, Grandma. Thank you for all your support and truly being my number one biggest fan seven years ago when I was terrible at this. Don't go back and watch those videos. But that is going to do things for today's show. Make sure you guys never miss the show. Go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. It's Mock Draft Monday on Monday and we want to talk about some very exciting prospects like, say, Flowers, you know, Quentin Johnston, two guys recently linked to the Chargers. We want to talk about some more exciting offensive weapons. But Till then you can also find the show every day on our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD, SD, and the show's Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can also find us on the Lockdown Chargers Facebook page and at Lockdown Chargers on Instagram. If you guys want to call into the voicemail line for next week's mailbag, you can do that at 323-524-7924. Leave a 30-second question. And we'll do our best to get in on the show. But we'll be back with you guys on Monday for Mock Draft Monday, talking about more exciting options the Chargers could target in round one. Until then, take it easy and go bolts.